Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Let's join together for prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You for Your great Word and we praise You for the opportunity to be in Your house. And we thank You, Father, for Your instruction into our life. And Lord, we pray Your Spirit might bless us, that You might encourage us in our uh, activities today as we seek to learn from You and seek to glean uh, Your message from Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 6 is where we are. Last week we talked about the relationship between children and parents. And as we've been going through this whole section of Ephesians, we've been looking at the relationship between people in our lives as we've come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it changes us. It transforms the people of who we are. And if your life is not transformed when you accept Christ into your life, uh, one of two things happen. Either you uh, fail to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ and, and, or fail to understand what uh, that means when you give yourself completely and totally over to God or you got some growing maturing to do to understand what God's desire is. And Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus to help them to understand what it means to be a, a, a child of God. What does it mean to have Christ within your life? And Paul is giving us ample uh, instruction on how we should live, how we should uh, go about our day as a child of God and, and what changes it's been making to our lives. We, he's talked about walking in the light rather than walking in the darkness. He's talked about the changes and transformations that having Christ in your life has in, your, uh, in you. And after he spoke about the changes that, that occur in your life when you accept Christ, he began this whole section, uh, this third section of, of the uh, study of Ephesians, he he began this whole section on how your life changes in relationship to other, and uh, this this last section where we're in, we talked about the relationship of husbands to wives and wives to their husbands. We talked about the relationship of children to their parents and parents to the children, and today we come to an, a section in which many people have a tendency to allow themselves to misunderstand what Paul is saying and allow it to cause them to be all upset when he talks about the relationship between the slave and the master. Uh, when he talks about this in chapter 6, beginning in uh, verse number 5, he says, Servants or slaves, the word really, uh, doulos here is a word that really stands for slave, he says, Be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh in fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. And what Paul is, is referring to here 
is the relationship between those who are in charge and those who are uh, working for them. So, uh, and we have to understand uh, in the time that Paul was living, in the time that Paul was writing this, there were not, uh, there was not a Bank of America that you could go out and get yourself a, a credit card that gave you so much in uh, money back whenever you went and charged something at the local uh, market when you got your uh, meat and everything for your meal for that night. There was not a uh, a Citibank that would give you a loan for thousands of dollars to buy a home. There was not um, uh, any of these banks that we have today that are some of the biggest uh, financial uh, organizations and companies uh, today where you carry around a little plastic card in your pocket and uh, you purchase things through that financial institution. And uh, many people did not have the kind of jobs and the work that we have today where you can amass enough of money to be able to, uh, to buy things out uh, months in advance. Rather, you had a system in which people uh, uh, worked day in and day out for that day's wage, and that day's wage paid for that day's meal, or they uh, worked in the fields and gathering food and supplies, and, and many times uh, they gathered the things necessary to, in order to live for that day and that day only. And so what we have to understand is, is that in Paul's day, when you got into trouble with your finances or you had debt that you could not uh, pay yourself, you went and you indentured yourself. And we have a little bit of experience with this in terms of, of our national history at the beginning of our colony and the beginning of our uh, new nation uh, we understood and knew what indenturement, indenturement meant. It meant to uh, uh, hire yourself out as a slave or a, a servant to someone who had uh, more means and, and ability to pay either a debt that you owed or uh, would be able to take you on as an employee in order that you could have a life, that you could live. Many times those situations... Uh, 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 resulted in a relationship with that employer, that master, in which the slave or the uh, the servant felt as though they wanted to stay in that relationship, and that is the only relationship uh, of uh, master and slave that that God uh, approves of, really, in the Bible, and that is when you find yourself in uh, service to someone that treats you well and someone that you desire to stay in that relationship. The Bible tells us that we're to go and uh, place a ring within our ear in order to show as a symbol that we are um, bound to that individual, bound to that person. And God uses that as an illustration to show how we bind ourselves to God uh, because of His goodness to us. All other forms of slavery God uh, uh, does not approve of. And, and uh, many people say, well, why didn't Paul use this time and, and uh, this study to, to, uh, to uh, put down slavery, to try and talk about uh, removing slavery? Why didn't, why didn't Jesus, while He was walking on this earth, do more to, to rid the world of slavery? Slavery was rampant. It, went, it was a common thing throughout the, the Roman world at that time. And why didn't Jesus do more to, dis, 
to dissolve and to destroy slavery. Many scholars believe that Jesus did exactly that in His teachings and the way in which He uh, 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 changed the world through uh, His message of love and His message of reconciliation to God that it eventually led to the destruction of slavery within the Roman Empire and really the fall of the Roman Empire later, much later. Uh, but um, that's beside the point. What Paul is dealing with here is, is our relationship to others. Our relationship between husbands and wives. Our relationship between uh, parents and their children. Between children and their parents. And now we come to our relationship outside of the family uh, in our everyday life. Now we live in a world today where uh, seems like things in terms of in relationship between employer and employee have kind of taken a nosedive, especially here lately. I'm not talking about any political items or political things, but really uh, what we uh, when we look at the relationship between an employer and employee, when things go down, when things degrade the way they have lately, where they have in the past, all of it relates to greed. Pure and simple, the sin of greed. Uh, the employee wants more money for what they do. The employee wants to do less to get and get more money, and the, and that's greed. And the employer wants more out of their employees for less because they want to make a better profit margin. They want to take home more money in their pocket and pay their employees less. That's greed. And whenever we allow greed to to have uh, take hold in our life and to rule in our life, whenever we allow sin in our life to, to grow and to foster and to multiply within our life, whether it's greed or anything else, it causes contention between each other. It causes God's uh, desire in our life not to be fulfilled. It causes us to have a poor relationship towards others and a poor testimony. And that's what Paul is talking about here, is our relationship to one another, not about whether or not slavery is right or whether it's wrong. Paul goes from the assumption that there is going to be a relationship between those who have and are able to employ others and those who have not who need to be in the employ of others. That is Paul's uh, premise here, and that's where Paul is, is uh, uh, attacking this situation. And so what we read here in verse 5 through verse 9 is God's desire for us in relationship to those that we serve. Servants. Be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as uh, men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with, uh, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And you masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. 
So, what we need to understand here is, is that this could easily be looked at not just between uh, the terms that Paul uses here of servant and master, but really what he's saying here is, is the servant word here that is used is a word that is more of, uh, in line with what we understand as an employee. <clears throat> When you buy your home, and Robin and I bought a home a few years back, we realized that though our name is on the deed and on the property title and all that kind of stuff, there is another name that is on there. And it is the name of the bank that gives us the mortgage that we have. And really, it's the bank that owns our house, not us. Uh, it's not uh, we don't fully own that house until we pay off the mortgage and it's the same for anybody else and the same's true for your car you drive around the car that you own you got a key fob or you got keys in your pocket you use and, and utilize that vehicle all the time but you don't own it because guess what somebody at the bank has a note on it and until you pay off that note uh, the bank really owns it you Try not paying the uh, 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 payment on it a couple of months and see who comes and takes, uh, tells you who really owns that vehicle. Same way with your house. Try not paying for that house for a couple of months and see who really comes and tells you uh, who really owns it. Uh, and so we are uh, really in, talk, in service to others because we have a debt, we have uh, a responsibility for the things that we purchased. Really, in the in a world in which we live today, we live in a consumer world where we consume things. We want more than what we're able to pay for. Uh, most of society is that way, in which we owe more than what we take in, and as a result, we uh, ever since World War II, we've begun to live in a society in a world not that pays for everything that they own but they pay with credit for a lot of things and we owe, we owe, we owe. So we're in service to someone else in order to pay for the things that we have, in order to pay for all that we have. And we need to understand that God's desire is is that we demonstrate our relationship to Him and, and we demonstrate our love for Him and His love for us in every aspect of our life not just those uh, relationships that we enjoy, like a relationship between a husband and a wife, but those relationships that we don't necessarily care for a lot of times. And that's the relationship that we have with our employer. Even though we're grateful uh, many times to have a job and to be able to do, uh, be in service and, and be able to do things to, uh, to earn a living, many times we, you know, we have a... Uh, a contentious relationship because that relationship is is bothered by our laziness and our greed and the things that we do uh, that we ought not to do and the things that we don't do that we should do. And so Paul is talking about how everything in our life, including our relationship with our employer, needs to demonstrate the kind of relationship that we have with Christ and the relationship that Christ has with us. He says in verse 4, excuse me, in verse 5, 
Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. The first and foremost uh, point that we need to understand is, is that we need to, uh, as uh, we have seen in all of our other relationships, we need to learn to be submissive to others. Paul has been writing since uh, chapter 5 about being submissive one to another. He did that when he began the, uh, talking about relationships between husband and wives, but he wasn't just talking about that relationship. He wasn't just talking about the relationship between uh, parents and the children, but he was also talking about all of our relationships. He said, when we, are, we, when we have Christ in our life, when we allow Christ to come into our life, we have to understand that our submissiveness to one another honors God. It honors God and it helps us to demonstrate the kind of relationship that we have with God. He says, uh, submit yourselves, servants, when you're serving uh, others that are in charge of you, be obedient, be submissive to them that are your masters, to those who are in charge of you. He says to slaves, be submissive to your master. Employee, be submissive to your boss. And uh, it is a demonstration of the condition of the heart when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have to understand that we have to learn to be submissive to God. We have to learn to obey His desire for our life. And if we're going to do that in our Christian walk, and if we're going to do that, in our life, it's not just something that we give lip service to. It's not just something that we say we do that we never do. It's not a New Year's resolution that we say uh, we're going to go to the gym and, and, and live a healthier life and never go to the gym and never uh, eat a better uh, uh, menu for our life or do anything to improve our life. It's not like that. God expects us to demonstrate the kind of relationship that we have with Him in everything that we do. In all that we do, we are to demonstrate that we're being submissive to God by allowing God to to tell us how we should live and tell us how we should have a relationship with others. And he says, uh, uh, husbands and wives, be submissive to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives like God loves the church. Children, be submissive to your parents and obey your parents and do what you're supposed to do. Parents, have a good relationship with your children and don't uh, uh, provoke them. Don't do things that are going to cause them. Look, it's all a demonstration of our relationship between us and God and God to us. We're to uh, uh, demonstrate that to the world and help them to understand that we have been changed and that we can have a changed life, a better life, when we allow God to be in control of our life. He says, servants, be obedient. Like uh, as demonstrated, uh, look what uh, uh, Paul says to Titus in Titus chapter 2 verse 9. He says, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their masters and to please them well in all things, uh, not answering again, not, uh, not prolonging, not uh, being shrewd in all fidelity uh, that they adorn with doctrine of God our Savior in all things. We're to uh, exhort one another to live the kind of lifestyle that demonstrates our love to God and demonstrates our relationship to God. We're to do the kind of thing uh, in our relationship to our masters, to our bosses, employees, 
We're to treat them and, uh, and do the kind of work that we do as if we're living uh, and doing it for God. As we are being submissive to God, we are to be submissive to those who are placed in authority over us. We're to uh, demonstrate that we can be submissive to others and that we can follow God, uh, God's plan and, and purpose in our life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1 says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. He said, if you want to ensure that you do not blaspheme the name of God in your life, if you want to be sure that you uh, are doing what you're supposed to do, give all honor to those who are in charge of you. Make sure to, to do your utmost for them. Do your very best and be obedient towards them as you are being obedient to God. We're to demonstrate the love of God. We're to demonstrate our willingness to serve God. We're to, uh, to show the right behavior in our life. We're to be obedient. We're to do what we're told to do, uh, not according to the flesh, he says. We're to have the right perspective, not, not according to the flesh, he says. Not only are we to have the right behavior in being obedient, but we're also to have uh, uh, the right perspective, not doing things in the flesh, but doing things in the Spirit. We're to do all that we do according to God's design in our life, according to what God's desire is for us, and not uh, serving in the flesh. What does that mean? You're not to go about your business in terms of doing things at work and have a life at work where you act and do things in one way at work and do things in another way when you get off work, when you come home, when you're uh, out in the society and the social circumstances when you're at church. You're to have the right perspective, not living in the flesh at work and doing things only in the flesh and then living in the Spirit other times. You're to have the right perspective. You're to have the right uh, behavior. You're, you're to do things in the Spirit of God and to live and to walk in the Spirit. Do as God has called you to do. He says also you're to do things with all fear. With fear and trembling. We're to have not only uh, the right behavior, the right perspective, but the right attitude. We're to do things according to God's desire in our life and uh, not have the kind of uh, offhanded, uh, callous type of, of relationship with our boss and doing things just to please him while he's there when, when, he, when he sees us and then uh, slacking off and doing whatever we like to when he's not around. We're to not um, be abusive in our relationship with our boss and, and have a corrosive attitude and, and a corrosive uh, relationship with those who are in charge with us. We're to have the same kind of Fear and trip. Now, this is not, he's not saying we're to be afraid of our boss, but we're to have respect. Uh, when it talks about fear and trembling here, it talks about having the right uh, attitude towards our employer. Uh, when the Bible says that we're to come before God in fear and trembling, He's not saying that we're supposed to be afraid of God and afraid, but we're to show honor and respect to God and to have honor and respect to Him and His desire in our life. And in the same way, we're to have uh, 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 respect and honor 
towards our employer so that we can have a proper relationship with Him and demonstrate the love of God in our life and have uh, the proper relationship with Him. Also, we're to have a great, uh, a great commitment. He says, with singleness of your heart as unto Christ. We're to have a commitment to, to uh, our employer, those people that are in charge of us, that we're to, uh, in, in our work, we are to be committed to serving in that relationship to that person. When you sit down to do a job, whether it's digging ditches or flipping hamburgers or, or shaking out fries and, and talking to people on, a, on a, a call box at a fast food place, or if it's working in the corporate world, uh, working in, behind a desk, you are to do your utmost to do everything you can to serve as if you are do uh, as if Jesus Christ is writing your paycheck, as if Jesus Christ is your jo- is your boss, and you are to, and not that you're to idolize your boss or to to uh, create in them a, an image of them being Jesus, but you're to serve your boss, serve those people that are in charge of you, serve your employer as if you're serving Christ. Give Him the honor. Give God the glory in everything that you do. Do your utmost to serve and have the proper attitude, have the proper perspective, have the proper behavior and the proper attitude and the proper commitment to serve God and do everything to be undivided in your in your commitment, to be honest in everything you do, to be upright and and loyal in your commitment to your uh, employer, to ensure that that your boss is getting everything out of you that you have available for that uh, that agreed upon salary that you agreed to come and to serve in that place and to work. You're to have one mind to do a job that is your very best and to do everything you can to serve God in, in that role. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 10 says, And indeed you do it toward all brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we uh, beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. Um, let's see, First Thessalonians 4.10. Uh, it, it says that we are to do all that we can to our bro- towards our brothers, to everything, uh, uh, every relationship that you have, every commitment that you have, do all that you can to serve God. First Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. We're to do everything that we can, whether we're serving uh, uh, someone who ha- is, is our employer or whether we're committing ourselves to service to someone because we volunteer our time. We're to do everything that we can, do our very utmost to serve God and uh, through the work that we do so that when someone looks at us and, w- and they see who we are, they say, you know, that person that right there is one of my, my best employees. They do everything that I tell them to do and they go above and beyond all that, that, uh, that I've asked to do. I wish I had a hundred more of those people. And that is the kind of uh, testimony that we strive to have so that people say, what is it that's different about you? What is it that, that has changed in your life? What is it that would make, you, uh, make other people better and be like you? 
And you'd be able to say, it's Jesus Christ in my heart. I serve Him and Him alone. In everything that I do, I do all that I can to serve God. We're to have one mind and on our job, to do our very utmost, to have the right motive when we go into our job. Uh, back in Ephesians chapter 6, not with our service as men pleasers, but as the service of Christ, doing the will of God with the heart. We are to have the right uh, motive. We're, ha- we're to have everything in our life, the right desire, that we serve God, that we do all that we can um, to serve God and to do everything that we can for God to be glorified with goodwill, doing service as unto the Lord and not to men. We're to have the right diligence. Uh, really from the end of chapter uh, verse 5 all the way through five, uh, verse 7, all, th- uh, all three verses in each one, it says you are to have uh, service as unto God, service with all of your heart, service to God with the single of, uh, singleness of your heart as unto Christ, uh, servants of Christ doing His will, doing the will of God, as unto the Lord, we're to have the right motive and the right diligence, serving God, doing everything that we can. Well, we come to verse 9, and this is the last verse of what we're looking at today, and this has to do with those who are in authority. Remember, we talked about having right relationships uh, between those who serve and those who uh, are, are in service to others and, and those who are are. Employers, and here we have the masters, the boss. What is his attitude? It's the same attitude that we that we see already in between husbands and wives, between parents and children. It is. It says here in verse nine, and ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also in heaven neither is there respecter of persons with them. The boss, the master, is to have the same attitude of, of doing their utmost to encourage, to build up, to lift up those that serve uh, under them, that are service to them. When you're the boss, you're to have the kind of attitude in which you don't berate people, you don't put them down, you don't uh, do things to undercut them or to cheat them or to uh, take away from them. You're to do the right thing, to have the right spirit, have the right goal of, of making sure that your employer employees are getting everything that they're supposed to get and ensuring that they have good uh, working conditions, working relationships. And, and what is that all about? What is it about having uh, the right attitude? What is it about having the right goal? What is God being manifest in your decisions and everything that you're doing and having commitment to the needs of your employee and doing the will of God? What does all of that have to do with, with your relationship to God? It demonstrates God's relationship to us and the master and his relationship to the servant or to the employer, the boss, to his employee. It demonstrates God's relationship to us. 
that, that when we serve God, when we do everything that we can, when we have a singleness of mind of doing all that we can to serve God and everything that we do, doing our utmost to serve Him, that God's not going to take advantage of us. God's not going to ignore us. God's not going to say, well, hey, you're doing a great job, but you should have done better. He's going to do His utmost to improve our lives. He's going to do His utmost to encourage us. He's going to do His utmost to care for us and do all that we can. And we are to demonstrate that in our relationship. Just as the husband is to love the wife uh, with all of his heart and to give his life for his bride, for his wife as a demonstration of the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ for the church, uh, so is the relationship of the boss in relationship to the employer. He is to demonstrate God's love. He is to demonstrate God's care for us. He is to demonstrate God's concern for us. He is to demonstrate what God's will is in our life towards us. He says you're not to threaten those that serve under you. You're to devote yourself um, to not intimidating them, not to be verbally abusive, to be gentle, to be, uh, don't be divisive or divisive. Don't be abusive in everything that you do. He says you're not to threaten. You're to not uh, do things that are going to belittle that uh, that uh, person that is serving. Uh, Christ is the standard for the boss, for the master. He is to to see Jesus Christ as his standard of how to to, to live and how to, to treat those that are in His employ or those who are under Him. He is to, to be a model of Jesus Christ in His relationship to us. He is to, to show the, the love of Christ. And He is to be fair. He is to, uh, to do everything that He can to be equitable and to do all that He can to treat. And see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Remember, Paul is talking to uh, these people in Ephesus, and here he has a servant that uh, was a pagan. All of a sudden, he uh, comes to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he starts to come into fellowship. He comes and he sits down beside of his employer who knows Jesus Christ in his heart and his life. What is his relationship supposed to be to his employer now that he has Christ in his life? Now that they're brothers in Christ, now that they are uh, equal before God, how is he to see his life? and How is is he to live his life now that that his life has been dramatically changed. How is he to, to, to relate to that man that once was his, his uh, master and uh, Lord over him, now he's his brother in Christ, that he's co-equal in Christ, that uh, Jesus Christ tells him, look, you've been uh, purchased, uh, your blood, is, uh, the blood of Christ has, has been spilt that you might uh, purchase the price for you, and you've been grafted into the family of God. You've been made joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You're, as we sang this morning, you're a child of the King. How are you supposed to live now as a servant, as an employee, when you now are see yourself as a child of the King? What is God's desire for you in relationship to the man who, or the woman who's over you? And he says, you're to, to give yourself completely in commitment and serve as if you're serving Christ. You're to do your utmost 
as you would if Jesus Christ was your boss. You're to do your utmost as if everything that you do is not for your employer, not for that person that signs your check that you get each week or once a month or whenever you get your check. You're to serve that employer as if you are serving Christ. And that employer has the responsibility of, of working with you as Christ would work for uh, work with that person if Christ were walking on this earth still and being the boss of that person. How would, how, would how would Christ fulfill His role as an employer with that employee? That's the, that's the model that the boss is challenged with, to have. To have the kind, right relationship towards that employee. Now that they are more than just a servant, more than just a, an employee, now they are a brother or sister in Christ. How do I live and work with that person now that we are brothers in Christ, not just employee-employee? And how am I to live as an employee with that employer? We're to serve God in all that we do. We're to have the proper attitude and perspective. And the reason is going to become abundantly clear as Paul comes close now to the time in which we look at the battle that, we, that wages all around us. The reason we live this way, the reason that we're admonished to, to have these attitudes, to live this way, to walk in this pathway, to walk in the light, to walk in the Spirit, will become abundantly clear as we see the battle that rages all around us and the fight that we have to live for Christ. And that's our challenge, is to live for Jesus Christ, to live and demonstrate His love because there's a lot of things that are working in this world against us to cause us to, to fail, to cause us to not live as Christ would have us to live, to cause us to, to, uh, to not demonstrate the love of Christ and not to illustrate what God is doing in us. And that's the call that we have, to live for Christ, to live for Him in all that we do. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that You would help us, that we would live for You, that we would demonstrate Your love, that we would be people that would uh, illustrate Your love for us and the commitment that You have for us and our desire to serve You, to be obedient to You, to live our life for You. Lord, we pray that uh, if there's someone here today that doesn't have that kind of relationship with You, that doesn't have Jesus Christ within their life, we pray that You would lead them to come to know Christ in their life today. And Lord, if there's someone here today that's been just kind of coasting through life and doing whatever they chose to do for their own life and not really living for You, Lord, that they would be committed to serving You, to doing their utmost to demonstrate the love of Christ that we would be ready at every moment to give a defense of our faith, of sharing the love of Jesus Christ in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.